You're listening to Popaganda, the feminism and pop culture podcast. Today we're talking about first-generation families and reflecting on what it's like to grow up with immigrant parents in the United States and Canada. This next story comes to us from Cincinnati-based journalist Belinda Kai, who was compelled to find out the story of her father's life in China. My dad and I have no trouble talking about school and day-to-day stuff, but he usually dodged questions about his life in China. Over time, I decided I had to know the full story. I called him up and asked him to tell me more about his past. He began with his childhood when he was about nine in China's Hubei province. A lot of what he told me was familiar until he described a scene at the village's local theater. He heard some commotion and thought it might be a fun show. He was excited, so he poked his head into the door. People were, you know, standing and shouting. I saw the young people wearing yellow uniforms, and they were talking very loud, very emotionally, passionately, and they were finger-pointing one man on the right side of the stage. So I looked carefully, it was my father. I already knew that my grandfather, a plant manager at the printing house, was persecuted for once having served the Nationalist Party. But I had no idea that my father had witnessed the public humiliation. His worst nightmare was being played out in front of him, literally on stage. From then on, the entire family's life became hell. They were shunned by their community. During Cultural Revolution, as you know, if anybody from a family was ranked as anti-revolutionary, then the whole family would be affected. I just felt very shameful, and also I felt very nervous. I felt very scared. My grandpa was sent away to a labor camp for four years. My father never once visited him there because of government restrictions. The closest he got was when he tried to deliver clothes to him, but the guard wouldn't let him in. The last time my father saw his dad was as he lay dying. So the doctors used this equipment very much like electric shock. Everybody was so busy trying to save my father's life. And my mom, she would say, well, that was it. That was it. That was it. I know it's hard to save him. When I watched them bury my father, I had a little stick in my hand. So I was squeezing that little stick in my hand so hard so that that stick cut through my skin. My, my hand, you know, even started to bleed. So that's how I, you know, controlled my sadness. You've really come to terms with this, but, you know, for someone like me to hear it as a story, it's upsetting. Um, you Knowing it's my grandpa, I guess, too, who I never got to meet. You know, when you think about that, you know, that four years. My father recounted these memories, decades in the past, without so much as a tremble in his voice. I, on the other hand, lost it. The little details of his childhood floored me. To keep his emotions contained, he's held on to that stick for decades since. My dad got asylum in the U.S. as an exchange student during the Tiananmen Square protests. My mom immigrated three years later, and then I was soon born in 1990. I remember my dad working ceaselessly in the IT industry and climbing fast. He set the bar high for my sisters and me. Yes, he was working for a better life, but he was also working to forget. 
and I didn't realize that. If I always dwell on the past, probably I would be mentally ill and I could not do anything like uh, a parasite of society. My past uh, is still with me every time when I uh, thought about my father, but I try not to uh, think about that. You have to forget about what happened to your family, and you have to look into the future. You have to think about your children and their lives. Why did you keep all the details from your children? If I told you, probably that would impact your early lives. So you would have thought, well, uh, we live in a pity uh, family. If you didn't want to ask me, if you didn't become interested, I probably would uh, not talk to you forever. The thing that stunned me most was that he wasn't angry about what China did to his family. He was humiliated. He was afraid of becoming a parasite to society, and he wanted to spare us anything resembling shame, pity, or self-doubt. That's the past. So we can put that down. Then don't take that as a burden on your back. You cannot walk straight. My father is more vulnerable than I had ever realized. His memories of his father are jarring, but he kept his burdens off our backs so we could walk straight and have normal lives. I have no raw, vivid recollections of my father, just the ordinary ones: eating dinner at our favorite restaurant together, going to Disney World, doing my math homework together. My dad protected us from his past by rechanneling his own pain into love. Belinda, what's what's the story behind um, this piece that you put together? Why did you start pursuing this, and what what was the intended goal here? So I had always known kind of vague details about my、um, parents' histories back in China, but they were never really open about it. So one day I just decided that I wanted to hear the full story. So I kind of confronted my dad, and he gave me kind of like an overview, but it still wasn't enough. So I decided for a project that I was doing for a public radio class in grad school, I would actually have him、uh, be the focal point of of a radio documentary, and it would be all about his past, kind of you know the hidden things that he had endured that I had never really gotten to understand growing up. It was so moving,、um, even though. I had known some of that before. I never got the little nitty gritty details. So, working on it was just a really amazing experience because I was both learning how to kind of like construct this、uh, dynamic like radio documentary, but also I was learning something that was so personal to me and so interesting that I had never really delved into before. Were you surprised that he opened up and talked to you about these things? If it wasn't a story you'd ever heard before, yeah, a little bit,、um, because he was and always has been kind of private about his personal life, and for him, it's like all about moving on, and it's hard for him to look back because he's all about improving himself, looking toward the future. So. It was a little surprising that he was able to fully open up about that because I could tell、um, it was difficult for him, and it had been just so many decades.、Um, but I'm really glad that he did.、Mm-hmm. How, how did talking to your father about his story of immigrating to the United States from China 
make you feel differently about yourself and your own identity? It just made me really appreciate everything I have. I always have. Um, I've always known that being raised as an American and having my parents be so supportive means that I'm a really privileged individual. And, um, you know, I've been able to achieve a lot of things in my life because of their support. And knowing that my parents, A, didn't really have the same support that I do, um, growing up in a completely different kind of sociopolitical um, era, and knowing that they endured so much, um, especially my father, you know, with the loss of his father and just being subjected to this really, you know, kind of abusive political movement, um, it just made me really appreciate what I have even more than I did. And also it made me have definitely a closer bond with my parents, just, you know, kind of this deeper understanding that was never there before. Thank you.